Ladies and Nimrods, welcome to episode 164 of the Hoots Podcast. It is Thursday, July 18, 2019. My mental uh, faculty is fried at this point. Um, I ran through 30 hours of wrestling through nine shows in the last week and a half. Did you say uh, your mental faculty? I don't, I don't know. I'm pretty sure you didn't. Like like I'm sorry. I'm I'm again, I'm not <laughs> pride, so that's the bigger point. I'm drinking coffee at 10 o'clock at night, so you know where, where I sit with this. Right. 
Welcome to the program, everybody. If this is your first time listening to the show, we appreciate it. Um, our show is uh, based on comedy and having fun with wrestling, not breaking down every uh, segment of the weekly television shows and booking and yada, yada, yada. You guys that do listen to know, already know the drill already. Uh, I'm Joshy. You can follow me on Twitter at the Hoots Podcast, Instagram, Lopez 94 I am alongside Adam Daly. What's going on, my man? Uh, nothing. Long day. Uh, drinking a coffee. Sorry about that. Got a little coffee stuck in my throat there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just tired, exhausted. Um, worked a lot, but got a lot of wrestling in this weekend that we'll talk about. That I forget most of it because it's been such a hectic week with work and life and you know that kind of stuff. But um, everyone else out there, hope you had a good weekend. Anyone in like Louisiana, New Orleans, everything that's going on down there. If like I, you know, because I know we do have some uh, like listeners down there. Um, like, listen, best wishes. I hope everything's cool. I hope everything was you know clear. I don't know how bad the storm hit. I know some areas got hit worse than others, but um, yeah. I hope you know everyone's okay. So. I always like to toss that out there. Back to you, good sir. Right. Also, I like to refrain from politics and what's going on in Puerto Rico right now because that's another show in itself. Um, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, all right. Um, before we get into business here, really quick, make sure to subscribe to the podcast where it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you listen to your podcast, uh, subscribe to the show and tell a friend about it. Uh, like Adam said, we'll catch up with all the shows that went down over the weekend. And also, we're going to start the show big right here because we got the best podcasting segment in all of podcasting. Through the eyes of a nine-year-old, the talented, the one and only, AJ. How's it going, AJ? I am doing good. And yes, I am the most requested and the best part of podcasting ever. Yes. Yes. You're the best part of podcasting ever. I, I hope um I hope Derek is listening. You're the can <laughs> the Canadian Matthew Bellamy. I hope he's listening. You're so salt of the earth. Quit calling him Matthew Bellamy. All right. That, <laughs> he that's, was funny. He really does. I don't don't give him that. Don't give him that. You don't. You just can't I just refuse to give him that. <laughs> That's too much credit, he right? Does. He totally I does, but Muse holds a special place in my heart. I so don't I think he likes that comment too much, so it doesn't matter. No, I think he loves it. <laughs> uh, all three of us are permanent members of the list of Derrico. There's yeah. nothing that we can do to get off of it, I guess. Yeah. Um, all right, AJ, uh, we got a lot to get into. Where do you want to start with, Bray Wyatt or the pay-per-view? Let's go Bray Wyatt. Okay. We got The Fiend finally uh, appearing on Monday Night Raw. Uh, I had somebody reach out to me over the weekend asking if they're going to do more things with Bray Wyatt. And I was like, they're bringing it slowly with having the puppets uh, appear behind the wrestlers. Everybody's like, oh, are they uh, taking a break on Bray Wyatt? Um, here we go. The night after a pay-per-view, Bray Wyatt finally shows up and lays out Finn Balor after his match with Samoa Joe. I'll give my thoughts in a little bit, but AJ, what did you think about how Bray debuted? Did he like it or not? Well, it was something where my dad actually thought that it was probably, like, he kind of sort of thought that was one of those blackouts because it was close to Manhattan or whatever. I said that as a joke. No, I, whenever it li- the lights went out, I thought it would either be Bray or, and I know this is going to sound like a fan. He, th- he thought it was going to be. I wanted it to be Undisputed Era. Yeah. I'm, I just wanted like lights to go uh-huh. all crazy and then like have the Undisputed Era come in and attack Balor. I didn't realize what was going on with Balor in, in the time off. And I thought maybe they would put ba- uh, Luke Balor in with the club. And then you could have club versus Undisputed Era. Listen, not just fan fanboy fantasy booking. Well, are, were you trying to figure that out for Survivor Series? 
Is that where you're going with with that? <laughs> no, it was just really cool because I don't, I'm not like most of the people that probably are listening to this. And like, I stay off the dirt sheets and because I just have a Good life, choice. but I, well, I, I have a life and stuff, you know, um, but, right. um, uh, but, As but my dog power bombs. but it was, yeah, but I just thought that would be, those are the first two things that came to mind. I just think from like storyline purposes where, you know, Bray was the obvious one, but right. if it wasn't Bray, who could it be? And I just, I don't know. It's probably just the Adam Cole fan in me that was really hoping that it would be Undisputed Era, you know, but. Um, before we get into this real quick, uh, for those who are watching this, the, the video, actually, you guys may notice through the show, I do look down uh, at my phone a lot. Um, I'm using my website as reference for anything that I forget because I literally use the <laughs> articles that I do as notes just in case I forget stuff. So, yeah, I'm, that's I'm not, a good idea. I'm not ignoring anything that anybody's saying, or right? I want to make that perfectly clear. <laughs> All right. Um, where we go? Oh, we're talking about Bray Wyatt. Um, yeah. <laughs> the fiend, <Yeah>. baby. <laughs> the, yeah. So are you okay, AJ, with uh, the fiend finding the demon? Because that looks like what's going to happen at SummerSlam. Yeah. Or yeah. is it? Yes, I'm actually very glad. I knew it was Bray as soon as, like, the music faded very slowly. I knew it was going to be Bray. Um. <laughs> Then I I definitely like how the fiend is going after the demon. That was a shock. I think me and my dad thought it was going to be the Miz. Well, uh, yeah, because his puppets kept popping up behind the Miz yeah. in a lot of right. in a lot of segments, you know. So there was a good swerve. And who on was the one. other one? Like Apollo or something? I think Apollo Cruz too. Yeah. Um, what I do like about this is that at least it ties up loose ends from a storyline we all complained about that never really happened from a couple years ago where. Remember Pumpkin Balor? Everyone was yes. joking that it was like Pumpkin Balor versus whatever. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, they're concerned that Bray was going to dress up in drag as if it was a bad thing or something. What? Know. Wait, what happened? Um, never mind. <laughs> what? Yeah, I was going to say if that was a real thing, then the re- wrestling Twitter got more issues than I, I, I'm yeah. realizing. <laughs> hey, you learned something new, unfortunately. Every day with wrestling Twitter. Okay, so AJ, what did you think of the Fiend's overall look? And I know I keep calling I him like the Fiend, the, but I like the Fiend's mask. It is like Joker's cut off face in the comics. Yeah, I'm sorry, kids. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. That's a little graphic. I'm sorry, but I read comics. You are you are a kid. <laughs> well, you and you're like I'm sorry. I read comics. I think most kids do. Most kids read Dogman, and that's not... I call it a graphic novel, but it's a silly one, so... Mm-hmm. I don't even know what you're talking about right now, and that shows is. that I am old. No, it's I don't know what Dogman dog, is. It's half dog, half man, and it's a police officer. This are, this sounds like a sitcom that would have made it in the 80s, but yeah. would never even have made <laughs> it to Netflix it to in you? 2019. Um I mean, sure. I mean, the pl- the platform is yours right now. Okay. Well, I mean, so it's all about in the first one, um, the dogs, the dog's body goes paralyzed and it basically this goes is dead. Getting grim yeah, well. I know because this yeah. is part of the comic. They, the dog <laughs> won't survive without a body, and the guy won't, and the guy's head uh, kind of dies. So they, what? so they put the dog's head on the man's body, <laughs> and so that the man still lives and the dog still lives. This is so a thing. He, yes. Okay. Look it up, guys. If I'd you rather not. If you know, I feel it, like Seth Meyers in his segment on his show. If you don't know what it is, please look <laughs> it up. It's an excellent book. Um, and but it's but they were. Um, a police officer and a canine. So it's 
uh, so it's Dog Man. He is a police officer, and he go against um, he in the he goes against a lot of toilets. So toilets. I was hoping that he would Captain, fight Captain Underpants goes against a lot of toilets. I was too. hoping your boy Dog Man was gonna fight the half guy, half motorcycle dude from the commercial because <laughs> so, I'm tired of the commercial. Okay. And then, I, I got a question. I don't know what's more weird. The band that sings about unicorns all the time or, <laughs> or the intoxifying sings. Here we go again. Jeez. Probably both. Probably oh, both. man. That's brutal. <laughs> where, Captain so where Underpants are we again? is weird, too. Uh, yeah, I'm not going down this rabbit hole. it's also a kid's comic. <laughs> definitely not going down this rabbit hole. Okay, so back to, the, back to Bray. Okay, I don't, I don't know. Is it Bray? Okay, so AJ, I have to ask you. It's is, the fiend. Is it the Bray. fiend or is it Bray? Are they the same person or are they multiple per- I think, split per- personalities? I think they're split personality. Okay. Yeah. So they're so they would want to be referred to as such. I so think, you would not want to call the fiend uh, Bray. So I think that it's like how Balor has his demon mm, and him. Okay. Except right. I feel like how Balor can not control it, but he kind of comes out whenever he wants to. I think the fiend just comes out whenever. Oh, okay. So I think it's like a a demon Balor and a Balor type thing, and and that's how Bray and the fiend is. Except the fiend just kind of comes out whenever. Right. Asia made a great point there because like Balor has to be pushed to the edge to bring out his demon. And Bray Wyatt could be the guy that's one step ahead of the person that he's trying to attack. So I, I think that's I think that, that was a very good point because uh, how many times it's like either somebody says something personal about Balor or he gets on a losing streak or he loses the title, then that's what warrants the demon. Bray Wyatt's like I don't care who you are. <laughs> Shelton Benjamin's hypnotized for two weeks, then he's normal on SmackDown. He he goes after Finn Balor with no uh, prior notice. I I think um, Bray Wyatt being a, a step of the head instead of the demon is an interesting trait. Um, really quick, I want to give a shout out to the live crowd for Raw Monday because I thought that really helped with the debut. Uh, they were very excited for what was going down. Even though it's in Long Island, New York, it's one of the biggest dumps in all of the United States of America. Um, <laughs> That's so brutal. They're numpties. They're numpties. Yes, they are, AJ. That's so <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the crowd really did their part. Uh, thought great. I thought the commentary team played their part well uh, in that segment as well. Corey Graves had the quote of the century with, uh, "He utilized a small package." Oh yeah, jeez. <laughs> it went by. Renee Young did, I had no idea what to say. Yeah, no shot. Sure. That was the greatest. <laughs> that was the greatest line to just throw in there. Yeah, that was one of the best live shots they've done so oh. far. <laughs> they um, have been loosening up, you can tell. Like Some people are, have been given a little, maybe maybe it just appears that way. Maybe it just feels right. that way. But it does seem like they're, they've been given a little more leeway in what they can or can't say. But Before we talk about Extreme Rules, uh, I wanted to bring up what's going on on Monday uh, the, with the Raw Reunion show. Uh, the Boogeyman is going to be on this show. I heard Bully Ray and David LeGreca from Busted Open talked about the idea of possibly Boogie showing that he's afraid of the Fiend. That's, that that would be like an interesting thing. Would, would you mind seeing a segment with Bray Wyatt and the Boogeyman, or do you think that would, I don't know, tame his character or whatever? That would be funny. For sure. But also, is this where they give Christian one last match? Because Christian is on that list. So is this where they give them just one one last match? I mean, his entire entrance on 2K is him just pointing one. One, 
Because he just wants one more, and you're giving him that one more match. <laughs> possibly. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we only played with Christian, like, once on 2K19, so it's probably not that big of a thing. <laughs> it was his last I'm match. sure he appreciates you tossing out the statistics. That's certainly going to help get him in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Christian already puts himself over a lot, so. <laughs> yeah. Deservedly so. Underrated. Yeah. Um, no, he's awesome. Um, uh, Boogeyman, listen, I'm cool with anything Boogeyman does, but I, I, Boogeyman and I follow each other on Twitter. Um, I, I'm a big Boogeyman fan. Uh, in my mid twenties, I was a little bit of a knucklehead and I broke, uh, several clocks over my head. So, um, it was a pay-per-view thing. They were cheap. Worms? Uh, no, no, that's something I would. Cause would he is brave for eating worms. That's, People to do that. He is brave for doing that. And I so don't know if that's brave. Jake, that's not Jake brave. the Snake that's... Roberts is brave for a kid taking care of that snake, and he's scared of snakes. Well, yeah, but eating worms isn't brave. It's just you're eating worms. It's, it's, it's different. you got to be brave, too. I don't know if there's bravery behind that. Yeah. Yeah, you remember uh, the snake, uh, Jake the Snake put the snake on top of Dean Ambrose? That was the old school Raw, right? Yeah, and Ambrose was like laughing, like he couldn't stop. <laughs> yeah, he was marking out. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, all right, let's talk a little bit about Extreme Rules. AJ, I know you wanted to talk about the main event with the yeah. match. What, yeah, what do you think about that match? Okay, so one, Becky gets, um, what was it, an end of days by yeah. Corbin? Yeah. Yeah. He gets an end of days by quarter bench. Nice spot. Yeah, very nice spot. I do like that. So let's so let's do this. Royal Rumble. Nia Jax came into the men's Royal Rumble and got three finishers put on her. Right. Now right. Becky, the man, is getting is getting Baron Corbin's finisher right. or signature, or whatever. So and it looks wicked too. Yeah. It really does. So is this supposed to be something where they're going to start leading up to doing intergender matches where men can beat up women and women can beat up men? Well, it's never done traditionally like that. I mean, because you don't want, you know, you don't want men punching women. You don't want, you know, obviously there's going to be certain, there's going to be certain guidelines. But I I do think you'll see more physicality between the men and well, women. Well, I want them to come to the point where they just have a normal match, like it's a man versus a man or a woman versus a woman, except it's a man versus a woman. I think eventually we might get something like that. I think we're going to see it in AEW. That sounds weird, but I think... But I, I, I believe they'll still stay away from certain things like punches, and you hey. know, there is going to be certain... I gotta be librarian for a day. Librarian for today. Oh, you're not way off kilter. All right, go ahead. <laughs> she's trying to be a librarian for today at our local library, so she's like on a reading book spree. Peter <laughs> 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 Um Man, uh, I was looking at this, um, the match, and like in the Big Smash Challenge, they've done intergender spots too. Like, yeah. I remember Sasha Banks doing like a her Quran or something to Nakamura before. Um, I agree, Adam. It's not going to be like straight up like Sammy Callahan and Tessa Blanchard a couple weeks ago, but it can happen down the road. It, Wait, what? Yeah, Sammy Callahan and Tessa Blanchard uh, main evented a pay per view for TNA a couple weeks ago. Okay, so is that Sammy Callow, whatever dude? Yeah. Is that a, a guy? Yeah. A yes. boy? Okay, that's cool. That's cool. I'm going to have to watch that match because I like Tessa Blanchard. Whoever this dude is, I really don't care. Jeez. But it's an intergender match, so I'm going to have to watch it. Uh, that was the most passive-aggressive burial I've ever <laughs> heard. Yeah. 
and passive aggressive burials are a norm for most podcasts. And this was a good one, actually. <laughs> Jeez. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm fine. I no, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Now you toss the excuse out there after you, after you put the shovel away. Yeah. <laughs> um, AJ, anything else you wanted to say before you head off this week? Um, would you, yeah, real quick. So, what did you think then of Lesnar cashing oh, I'm in? I'm just about to say that. Oh, hey, there we go. Um, I'm so sorry, Seth, that you had to use, lose that title. Make sure you win it back. Hey, at least you didn't lose it during the match, so that way Becky had to lose. Well, it. he still has Becky, so he kind of he's still well. But you don't know about Becky, though. Maybe Becky doesn't like him without a title. Oh God! Here we go. <laughs> uh, Maybe you have to have the gold around your waist to get Becky. No, I think that they call them gold diggers. Yes, I do know what that's called. Yeah, and I mean they're going around a race, so it's perfect. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You were watching Jersey Shore with your grandfather earlier, so you know. Um, Why I do not know. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Boom. It was terrible. I don't. I really don't know why it was on. All right. Anything else you want to say before you wrap your okay. little... Okay. Um, I'm sorry that I have not been doing the songs on uh, on What's-His-Name's shirt On Roman shirts. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, not Bray, but Bray... Uh, Brian, right? Brian, what's what, what's the thing? I have no idea. Well, uh, Eric Brown? Yeah. What? Daniel Bryan. Yeah, Daniel Bryan. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was mixing up my work. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I need to go to bed. But uh, anyways, um, please there. please go ahead and give out your announcement, Daniel Bryan. Yeah, that was much to know. Point. I totally <laughs> forgot about that. Good point. Yeah. That'll be something for us to talk about. Yeah. The world wants to, to know. Keep her up. Okay. <laughs> bye bye and good night, guys. Thank you, AJ. There you go. Now we switch to TV fourteen. Yeah. Um, I was. I'll never forget that um, war. War is war uh, intro. Freaking! Uh, they got a warehouse explosions over. Do 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 do. Whatever the lyrics were for that song. <laughs> I thought it was kind of ridiculous, like totally yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, do you remember the ESPN? Like the beginning of like a really bad '90s fighting game that was trying to rival Mortal Kombat, but just wasn't going to like cut the mustard, you know? Yes. <laughs> uh, do you remember the ESPN commercial where somebody? Like a wrestler threw somebody out of the Titan Towers out the window, and Vince is just laughing on the ground. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They had um. They had a bunch of people in that. Yeah. Because I think they did a, a couple of ESPN spots over the years. All right, bro. We got a lot to get to. I don't know how much we're going to fit into this podcast. If we forget something, we apologize in advance. There's just a lot going on right now. But um, I mean, we could start for anywhere. We could keep talking about Extreme Rules. We could talk about Evolve. Or AEW, I don't know. Is that I actually did not get a chance to see Evolve yet. That's it, it's it's been a crazy weekend. Like I said, it's been a, it's uh, I there, you know, work and and, and uh, personal time has been at a premium. So, um, but we and plus we were just at a three eleven uh, Dirty Head show over the weekend. It was absolutely fantastic. Uh, I was promoting the hell out of it last week. I hope you guys checked it out. Um, it's still online too, so just uh, check it out. It was an awesome show. But. So it was, uh, it was, I was, and here's the one thing that I realized, Josh, uh, like last week I, I went into a five minute little tirade about how, about pissing. Um, here's the one thing I know now, um, it, it almost age 40. I am not meant to dance around at a concert like the whole time anymore. Cause I will not be able to walk for like three days afterwards. It was really bad, really, really bad. So, um, yeah, uh, take care <laughs> of yourselves out there guys. Uh, 
age catch and stuff. No, no. So, but anyway, listen, the concert was awesome. That happened over the weekend. So we didn't get to see Evolve because like while we were at the concert, Evolve was going on. Uh, the Evolve special was going on. Fight for the Fallen was going on. Uh, so we had to catch up on both of those before we even watched uh, Extreme Rules. So Evolve kind of got pushed to the side. I got something else from last week I wanted to mention. I know how you're saying that uh, you've kind of been having a disconnect with um, uh, Bleak 182 because it's weird for singers to, in their 40s to talk about uh, being in high school and stuff. Well, there like were never yeah. really a band that I was that into, but it is ridiculous when you're – when yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous like hearing like 45-year-old men like sing like they just got out of high school. That's all. That's, it's just – I don't know. It's well, just – there's a there's a wrestling tie I wanted to add to this. Uh, Mark Andrews uh, from NXT UK, by the way, very talented performer. Uh, he got to uh, main event the show with Cassius Ono uh, this week on uh, television. Um, I, I'm a fan of Mark Andrews, but it is kind of weird for him uh, coming out to that style of music, though. I'm, I don't know if he's in his mid-30s or not. It's not like the guy's been a rookie or whatever, but he's been wrestling for a while. I remember watching him wrestle in TNA when Dixie Carter was still running the shows. I don't so, know. I, don't, I didn't hear his – obviously, I didn't see the show, so I didn't – Why? What, what, what kind of music did he come out to? Uh, it's uh, it's like a mixture of Bleak 182 or some 41 something like so, that. See, that wouldn't bother me because, see, then I, I'll get all defensive about some 41 and we're, it's going to start a, like with that like era of like pop punk type of war and I'm not going to get into that. But, um... Did you like Yellow Card? Uh, yeah, sure. I was just asking because I was listening to them earlier. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a couple songs. Not They weren't really, you know, my favorite. I, I didn't... The emo scene I didn't get into as much, except for bands that ended up not being emo. Like other My Chemical Romance, I, I guess if, you know I don't I don't know. All right, I'm, I'm a rock kid from the '80s and like '90s, and then like industrial and like the '90s. So like emo to me was just basically like uh, the crybabies that were too weak for the industrial scene. So hey, I you- stuck with like Panic at the Disco and and like some, and I don't think some was even. I never considered some 41 emo or Panic at the Disco. So. Uh, it's okay, Ray. You don't have to explain. I, you, you know me. I rather listen to stuff from the past than today's, especially when it comes to hip hop music. I can't even listen. Hip hop's rough today, right man. It's brutal. Ed Sheeran got a better got a better verse on his new album with M and uh, Fifty than well, his verse is probably better than Fifty's on there. But uh, them yeah. some of the, some of the hip hop <laughs> I've been hearing lately. So we're gonna leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go back to Extreme Rules. Um, I really enjoyed the pay per view. Um, I did too. Really, really good. Um, I was very happy uh, to see the reception that The Undertaker got, especially in that crowd, and just how I, I thought it was the right choice for them to start off the show with that tag team match. And um, again, another example how crowds can make a match maybe you didn't were excited for beforehand or you didn't think it was going to be good. It elevates it. Uh, Roman and McIntyre were doing a good job there, uh, parts of the match. The the visual where Undertaker was doing this and then he had McIntyre standing behind him, I thought oh, that was great. really cool. Yeah, it was great. Um, Shane McMahon again doing his part. Uh, I, I was so happy to see Undertaker um, get a chance to redeem himself on pay-per-view after what what happened with Goldberg. So I, I thought that was really cool. What did you think about that? Um, well, see, fortunately, I didn't watch the uh, the Saudi Arabia pay-per-view. Just, again, personal reasons, guys. It's not, not you know, not, no big deal. Um, but I um, – so I didn't see whatever happened. happened. And, and, listen, I don't really care what happened in that match. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, sometimes Michael Jordan – 
went would shoot three for 30 in a game. You know what I mean? It would happen every once in a blue moon. So, um, I think when you start a show with an undertaker match, though, it does add an, it, it, because regardless of how you feel, I think about the undertaker, whether, because there's a lot of opinions, there still is something about his entrance. That's so captivating that when you, you start a show with that, you're instantly going to get the crowd hot. You know what I mean? Like you're instantly, people are already going to be excited and you want to start. This was, I think a pay-per-view that you needed to get people invested in quickly because fight for the fallen was, I think a little bit better than what people were going to, what, at least what I thought. And I'm not going to try and compare the two, but again, there was a lot, like you said, there was a lot of wrestling this weekend. And I think WWE knows that they have to start bringing an a game. And, um, they did finally, and we'll talk about it when we get to raw, I'm glad they finally addressed the elephant in the room. Like I said that they would with Paul Heyman and him having a little bit more stroke quote unquote around there now. Um, so I, I think there's, what I took from Extreme Rules is, I know a lot of people are upset that Lesnar has the title again, but there is a lot of different avenues that they can go with this, and I want to see how this plays out. You know what I mean? Um, there's a couple of other spots on the show that I want to talk about, but I'm sure as we talk about the pay-per-view, it'll, it'll come back to me. Right. Uh, something I noticed is that just about every single match of the show, with the exception of the Cruiserweights, had a match that featured somebody for the NXT system. Um, McIntyre, Roman Reigns were products of the NXT system. Not the NXT that is right now, but still FCW is still part of their developmental system where people want to agree with that or not. Um, but then we could always say that with the old OVW guys, though, too. Like when they, when OVW was their main spot, you know? Yeah, but I'm, I'm bringing up McIntyre because he was a former NXT champion. Like, he had a big part of his run before he got injured and then he got got back on Raw and SmackDown. It wasn't like Max was there for a month stop or whatever. He had a, he had a good run there too. So what's, what's weird, I guess, is because I still think of him as the chosen one, like from years back, his NXT run to me just seemed like more of a, a stepping stone than anything else. And I don't, not, not to like, uh, this is going to sound bad because that sounds like I'm like, uh, like invalidating anything he did in NXT, which was fantastic work. But you knew he was just better, you know what I mean? Like you knew it was just a stepping stone. It was, it was, a, it was a, a, a frog thing, thing, whatever I'm looking for right now. Yeah, but my my bigger point with that was just saying that if you're looking at the conversation with people saying that they're not putting the effort to have the guys become bigger stars and stuff, I you, again, you look down the matches that are on the show, and the majority of that card had people that were from NXT or from other promotions too. So, well, and if you. I, not only that, but people also complain on the diversity side too. But if you look at all these matches, Josh, it's like the diversity on this roster is insane. You know yeah. what I mean? Whether it's uh, Japanese talent, Australian talent, you know, Irish, you, you anywhere in the UK, you know what I mean? Like you talk about like like from Kofi being from Ghana. Like I mean, you have it all over the board right now. Where you have like it's there's a lot of good uh, global representation. It for some reason gets lost in the shuffle. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't know why that complaint is still out there either. Right. And here's something else that I thought was interesting. We had four title changes on the show. Uh, Nakamura's the new IC champion. New Day became the six-time uh, WWE Tag Team Champions. Uh, see who else did I forget? Um, AJ Styles defeated Ricochet, and of course we had Brock Lesnar uh, becoming the Universal Champion. We'll, we'll get some Brock in a couple of minutes, but there was some other stuff from the show that really stood out to me. I really liked the SmackDown Tag Team Title Match, the three way 
I thought that was really good. Um, shout out to uh, Drew Gulak and Tony Nese. I thought they did a very good job in their match as well. Uh, by the way, shout out to um, Bailey. Uh, and uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, you know, they're having the handicap matches in the middle of the show. You don't know if people are going to be sitting on their hands or whatever, or whatever happened on Monday where they're chanting, this is awful and stuff towards Alexa Bliss, which I'll, uh, I'll get into that later on because that's fucking stupid. But the bigger point, I, I thought the women uh, did a very good job in the show as well. Again, obviously everybody was playing their A game. Uh, you had a match that fit my type of wrestling where you had Aleister Black going against Cesaro. That match was freaking awesome. Right. Um, <laughs> so, again, I just really enjoyed the pay-per-view from top, of bo- uh, from top to bottom. And most of the pay-per-views this year from WWE have delivered on their own accord. So, um, good. Yeah, no, dude, I, I totally agree. Because, again, it's it's because I think everybody is, is still pigeonholing it into, you know, you know quote-unquote pro wrestling, which I, I, I understand that, but... Again, it's it's because they are more entertainment focused. With 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 the exception of that little, there was about two months there where I'll admit they they it felt like they lost their way and things just weren't connecting. And, and you know all of the uh, you know when people, all the discussion that's outside right now on different podcasts and you know from from wrestlers that that are you know talking about how the creative process is done and all that. I do think the past couple of weeks they've really been able to either tie storylines back together, um, bring interest back into the storylines. Kevin Owens right now to me is is has been the you know other than Corey Graves, um, Kevin Owens has been the greatest character on on these shows right now. Um, and it you know I don't know what what the you know truth is if he's actually you know they're just giving him a mic and he's unscripted or whatever the case may be. But um, I think you know they're they're starting to take risks, and again that goes back to them trying to be a little bit riskier, which it's needed. And I, I want it to not feel necessarily. Um, I don't want it to feel too clean cut because our complaint with WWE is it's always overproduced, it's overmanaged. It's you know, and then as soon as they let them like kind of go, you know, they kind of let them improv, they let them go go on their own, you know, just go out there and shoot. Right. Then we get on them about well, it doesn't seem like it works or this or that. I think right now they're just kind of trying to figure out how they can blend the entertainment side and keep it as, as I guess, sponsor-friendly and shareholder-friendly as possible, but still toe that line where they can please the adult fan while still keeping the the, the younger fan a little ignorant to the, to the humor. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, here's the thing, though. Like, uh, the reason a couple weeks ago when I said that I get more excited for the end product of the pay-per-views is because – those pay-per-views are on the network. Right. So you're not going to have those parameters that you're going to have on the USA Network or Fox to worry about. That's, that's, th- that's why a lot of the pay-per-views seem more loose and free-flowing as they go on. So you, it's the WWE Network. It's not It's not USA Network presents WWE pay-per-views. So <laughs> uh, you're not going to... They have some sort of sponsor, right? Because all their, all their quote-unquote pay-per-views or events or whatever they're calling them now, they have some cheesy sponsor attached to them. Yeah, which I'm sure anyone in Stanford's gonna love when I say that. But it's it is it's always something. They, they, had, they had cheese. I remember as a kid they had cheesy sponsors. It's always so bad. Um, anything else uh, from the paper you wanted to mention before we move on? Ah, uh, what matches am I missing? Uh, you're right. I, I, I did like the women's match with Nikki Cross. I'm a big Nikki Cross fan, though. I want to see where this is going. So that's why I'm. See, I think the problem is Josh is that I'm okay with letting the story 
tell, you know, kind of keep going and telling and, and, and letting them tell the story, knowing that it's going to be a couple months before we really know what's going on. You know, um, I think that's the difference right now. And when, what eight, and again, because this is going to be a big back and forth kind of without the show, cause that's the talk I'm sure in every article I read now, even in Forbes, it, it talks about wrestling. And I try to stick like my wrestling articles onto like a Forbes or a sports illustrated. They have been doing a lot of comparing between AEW and, and WWE. So, um, I guess my, my whole thing with it, with it is, um, Oh man, I'm, I'm trying to think of the best way to, the best way to, to wrap this together. Screw it. It doesn't matter, man. I was, I, I, it, yeah, it, it doesn't matter. Back to you. Thank I've you. had a long day. <laughs> I was talking about that. Then I started talking about like different magazines and whatever, cause I don't read dirt sheets. Although reading from Forbes, I guess really is still a dirt sheet in a way or a sports illustrated, but, um, I've, and I'm trying I've, to stop my dog from attacking me, so I'm a little distracted. <laughs> I've watched wrestling from four different brands in the last week, and this, um, I think uh, I'm like full into like what's going on with New Japan right now because they got the tournament going on and they got like 14 more shows to go to. So it's hard for me to sit back and digest and say what which one was better or this or that. I guess um, that's actually where I was going with it. It's it's gonna people are gonna see when AEW is a weekly product that it it might be a little more difficult to I don't want to say to follow every on a week by week basis, but. Um, you're not going to be able to get all the characters on the show. You're not going to be able to develop characters as quickly. You know, you're there. They still have to develop all these characters that we really don't know anything about. You know what I mean? Um, so I think it's going to be a while before there's any real competition with outside of the wrestling bubble. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, again, with all the discussion that's going on with AEW, my always my point of contention is from the people from the bubble that have been having so much bravado of what AEW is going to be once they're on TNT. I haven't watched an episode, so how you already know what they're going to be, how they're going to promote their matches, how they're going to book this, how you do that. How do you know? You can guess. You can well, well, No, excitement's good, though. Like I said, I want AEW to be fantastic. No, so, that, I, I'm not saying that I don't want them to succeed or fail. I, I, again, I'm talking about the people in the bubble that keep throwing it in my face that they're going to be success, and it's this, and it's that, and putting the car before the horse. Can can we get to All Out first? Right, right. Well, I, I think that's the thing. Rush, right, right. Okay, that and that's that's the big point, Josh. Is when AEW starts to tell long term stories on their weekly show, similar to how WWE tells long, you know, long form story to it's because it's Shakespearean theater. It's long form Greek theater. What you know, whatever. And eventually, you're not going to be able to just get away with these little internet bites that we get, right? They're they're going to actually have to tell some stories on TV. So, and, and I'm not saying that. They're, listen, they're going to do it, and it's going to be fantastic. And it, and Josh, it, it is. It's you know, I'm all totally on board with AEW. But I agree with you. I think people are. It's almost like you know when when whatever sport you follow, it's like the preseason, and you know your team's going to win the championship. Like, let them play an exhibition game first. You yeah. know, Patrick Mahomes is going to throw sixty touchdowns. Yeah, it's like like let let's slow down and like let things happen first and, and see. I think that the problem is is that we rush into programming and storylines so quickly because we we've become impatient. We've become ADD America. We've become um, we watch thirty second video clips. You know, if it's if it's a minute, we're not even watching. 
watching it. So, you know, it's harder to tell those long stories that WWE does tell, but AEW, I'm sure, is going to want to do the same thing. They're already doing a really good job with Jericho's character and whether people realize it or not and Hangman Page. Um, and they have been doing this for quite some time. It's just people just think it's just match related when it's not. It's, you know, you're young, and I hate to use the term young buck because he's not a young, one of the young bucks, obviously, but, you know, you have like your, your young up and coming superstar versus the old KG veteran. And that's the real story of how they can keep one up each other with the mind games. Um, it's not, it's, it's, you know, obviously the title was involved, but so I think they're doing a good job where they can show us glimpses of it, but you're right, Josh. Yeah. I mean, we, we do need to see it on a weekly basis first. Um, which I, I think they're going to be fantastic. So, I mean, not, not, you know, and again, they're not perfect right now, nor do I need them to be. And we're talking I about, like it's not we're, perfect. Yeah. we were talking about, um, fight for the fall the other day. I, I think it was Sunday or something like that before the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I, I like the matches. I, I had a good time uh, covering Fight for the Fallen. You know, it's cool to uh, watch something for free, uh, and it was for a good cause. And I had a good time uh, transcribing that show. Um, I know a lot of people were getting on soapboxes over that show being four and a half hours. Um, I'm not here to debate lengths of shows because – Wait, I got, I got evidence from a gazillion different companies that have had the same runtime, especially Ring of Honor shows that didn't need to be five hours long. Wait, that, that's, people, that's a debate for another day and another show. <laughs> wait, real quick. Were people upset or, or happy? Yes. People were upset. Yeah. So, so let me get this straight. Everybody, everybody panders and wants, and they want more of it, and they can't wait. They want AEW, and they can't wait. So you get a WWE-length pay-per-view, and you complain about it? I just something I just want to toss out there. Okay, back to you. Yeah. Um, so I, I enjoyed the show. I thought there were some matches that they could have like jot down like five minutes from because uh, some of those matches didn't have any stakes. Like Kenny Omega and Shima, I thought it was a very good match. Oh, it was awesome! Like it was did awesome. It, did it need to be twenty two minutes though? But <laughs> like, still, I enjoyed yeah, you know what? I but, actually but, think so. But, but There's the a reason. Why- but the length of the match didn't take it away for away from me. That's all I'm saying. Like you know, like okay, Kota Bushi and Will Osprey for today's G One show. We're, we're recording this on a Thursday, right? So I watched the G One this morning, and the main event was Bushi and Will Osprey. They went 27 minutes uh, for a show that's barely halfway through the tournament. Did they have to do that? No. But, again, I enjoyed the match, and if you're going to have a match like that that's going to have that amount of time, you got you to uh, make it – you got to maximize the time you're in the ring, right? <laughs> that's what JR's, uh, JR always says. You got maxi- to maximize your TV time, pal. Right, yeah. Uh, I mean, so. <laughs> well, that is true. And, well, listen, is it, it's, is it Shima or Sima? Shima. Shima, okay. I actually – here's what – I actually – disagree with them with you on the match length only because josh dude i see him as being like one of their big like he's super talented man and uh, he's I, awesome i i have no issues oh, with him dude, he's he's awesome. so good so i think you want to put him in a match with kenny and give him a good 20 minutes so that way people that know kenny omega and love kenny omega and are going to watch for kenny but might not know much about shima now they're you know it's, it's just it's it's building up characters you know and and this is the unfortunate way that because they don't have a tv deal yet and because again it's it's kind of a new company throwing 30 brand new characters at us with maybe six that we know you know what i mean or seven that we know quote unquote are you, 
are you are you getting any Stephanie McMahon vibes from Brandy yet? I mean, I always kind of have, but I think you're going to have that with any powerful female lead character, you know, uh, in a position of power, whether it's, you know, CFO, CEO, whatever. Yeah. I think you're always going to make a connection now in the pro wrestling world to Stephanie McMahon. And, and it's it's simply because it is a, a powerful woman in a powerful position. Um, so, and, and typically that character is the antagonist, not the protagonist, you know? Yeah. So I, and I think that's why they're, whether it's fair or unfair, you're always going to have that comparison. Uh, I have a couple other matches that really stood out for me. Um, the three-way match they had with um, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, those guys from the Dark Order, and um, um, and Helico and Jack Evans. That match was crazy. Um, I, <laughs> a lot of people were on Twitter are ripping the Dark Order uh, tag team. I don't know how you feel about it. Uh, the guy, uh, Stu Grayson, the guy that didn't have the mask on, that dude's freaking awesome in the ring. Yeah, uh, I feel like they're probably all great because I haven't looked to see who's under the hoods or anything like that. Cause I just, I, I like to keep kind of like that illusion up a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, dude, I'm not feeling the, the, the uh, <laughs> outfits. I, I don't know. I don't know, but, but with time and that's we do this all the time with every other promotion. And I like the fact that I'm, you know, at first I might not necessarily like a character in AEW. You know what I mean? I don't want to fall in love with everything they do because you know, again, competition just breeds success. And we want both companies to be successful as wrestling fans. The, the six man, the sharp, the show was pretty decent. Um, Chris Jericho was awesome. Yeah. That was I, cool. I just have to toss that in there. Yes, Jericho is awesome. The best thing uh, about the Dark Order, I guess. Jeez. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Uh, I think we need to have a, a conversation about making some revisions to the commentary team. Uh, it's not good right now. The chemistry is bad. It, it's three shows in, and it's not only Alex Marvez that I have contention with. It's chemistry between Excalibur and Jim Ross. Who's the play-by-play guy? It just comes. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> yeah, it's not like no attention to anything. I want to. I want to praise AEW for two things, though. Uh, for fight for the fallen. One was the I thought the stage setup and like the way they had the the arena setup was awesome. Yeah. And um, for anybody that doesn't know, they actually got the idea off the South Park episode where they have like the, the rally. <laughs> that's where I guess Tony Khan had the idea, which is brilliant by the way to adapt that over. Um, but on the flip side, I or on the, on the second thing. Um, I think it was absolutely a show of class and how, uh, the type of, the type of individuals that, uh, Matt and Nick Jackson are, uh, Cody, um, um, hangman, uh, you know, all these guys, Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, I'm forgetting people on Kenny, uh, especially Kenny for delivering a line. I liked it because it was, because it was for gun violence, gun victims, um, him not using the bang at the end, I thought was a very, very tasteful thing that's that. You know, we don't give companies or organizations or individuals enough credit for that sometimes. Um, and I just thought it was a really, really classy thing to kind of switch it up for a night. As, as goofy as it kind of ended the show, you know, um, I do think yeah. it, was, it was a really, really classy thing to do. So, My two favorite matches from the show were um, SCU against the Lucha Brothers. Um, Lucha, Lucha Brothers won that match, and they challenged the Young Bucks to a ladder match for All Out. So... We got four matches for All Out already. We got uh, Sean Spears against uh, Cody Rhodes. 
Uh, Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks in the ladder match. Uh, Kenny Omega, John Moxley, and uh, ha- um, Chris Jericho and Hangman Page. So th- those are the four I know already off the top of my head. Uh, and then the second one, obviously, the Young Bucks and the Rhodes Brothers. Uh, that match went about 35 minutes. Uh, the crowd was into it the entire time, especially uh, them being out there in 95-degree weather. <laughs> oh, uh during a launch show, and I, I thought they did a good job in the match. Uh, it, uh, there was a lot of in-and-out tags. It's just something about the Young Bucks style that I still, even as a transcriber, I got to get used to. There's times when I transcribe a Young Bucks match, and I I, I ask myself, is this, if this, is this a regular tag match or a tornado, a tornado match? Because they'll be doing spots for like five minutes in a row. Like they're so, in, and they're, spots. They're so, fluid and so innovative, dude. I don't know how and for how much for how much you transcribe matches and how many you've had to do this weekend with all the different events that were going on. Um, I, but that's that's the appeal of the Young Bucks, right? They're yeah. innovative. They're fast. They're quick. I mean, they're they're an exciting watch. Um, and this is, you know, and Josh, I keep saying it. And, I, and again, I know that I'm, I'm kind of like the AEW mark of the show a little bit. Like I, I'll admit it's kind of, you know, um, maybe sometimes I put the, the thing in front of the horse. I put the carriage in front of the horse too, but, um, it's, it's kind of hard not to, when you see the excitement that they're building up and the fact that they're starting to grab that younger fan base. And dude, when you grab, when you can grab a fan at a certain age and keep that fan and hold that fan, you know, cause we all grew up WWE fans. It's, and I think that's why no matter what, as much as we either hate it, love it, whatever, whatever we do, we still we still follow it. Whether it's like I do and fast forward through half the show and make it so that you know you know it fits into my week. It, I don't watch it on their time, or or if you do watch it live, um, I think that we all still watch because it's what we fell in love with first. And right, right now, AEW does have a spot, especially in the viral world of how. Social media is playing such a big part in everyone's lives. Um, hell, my job is based around it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's it's they're they're kind of starting to win that battle. And if you win an entire like generation, that's that's a that's tough to get back. You know what I mean? Like, or, or if you lose a generation, that's tough to get back. And I'm not saying that it would put WWE out or anything like that, but. It would make for some interesting competition five, six, seven, eight years from now. You know what I mean? Not anything, you know, we got to think long-term here. This is a long-term business plan. This isn't five years and we're done, you know. Um, This is supposed to be something that's going to be continuous and and, and going, hopefully, a living, breathing object forever so that we have all these different outlets for for wrestling, sports, entertainment, whatever we want to call it. Right. I'm 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 gonna get excited in a couple months when we can have dialogue about AEW and not have WWE as a backdrop because I know it's hard to get WWE out of people's heads when they talk about other wrestling promotions. But like, it's always gonna like, be whenever I talked about Lucha, whenever I watch Lucha Underground or other shows, I want to watch and talk about it for their show and their products. So, um, ho- hopefully, maybe down the road there could be dialogue about just AEW and what they're doing. And but you know what doing. though. And, and I know this is okay. So this is going to sound no disrespect to, I mean, not that anybody listens to the show, but no disrespect to anybody that may have wrestled in Lucha Underground or anything like that. But did Lucha Underground ever have Chris Jericho? Uh, no. The Young Bucks? Kenny Omega? 
See what I mean? Like it's different. It feels bigger than it feels bigger than a lucha. I'm not, I'm not talking about whether lucha underground was better than AEW. I'm just talking about general the stuff no. about the brands. Oh yeah, no, 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 brother. No, I understand what you meant. My point was though is I don't think we ever compared lucha to WWE because we knew what they were. Like like we talked about last week, you know. But I think Cody at the end of the show made it very, you know, kind of said what I said on the show last week. They, they want to be known as the best pro wrestling company on the planet. And now that we kind of have that idea of, of what they want to be, I think it's the, the 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 comparisons are inevitable whether we like them or not. Well, their focus should be on New Japan because WWE is a sports entertainment company. Mm, but it's a North American market, though. You, you start you start with the market that you're in first, and you have to you have to win the battle, uh, you know, domestically before you can really want to you know branching out uh, internationally to to be a force. Right. That's just a business side. I'm just thinking business side, guys. I'm sorry. I know I'm like, I know I'm ruining everyone's parade with like actual business talk and like that kind of stuff. But um, I, I just feel like it's it's important to get the domestic audience first uh, in North America, and and, I, and I, that means Canada, Mexico, you know, whatever. Um, but it, it does, and 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 you know, but and then you, you the, the global stuff falls into place, right? Um, really quick. Um for those who didn't get a chance to watch involved, please go check out the show. Um, two hours, uh, 40 minutes or so. I think that's the, how long the show was. It was really cool. 10th anniversary for Evolve on the WWE Network. Uh, it was a very enjoyable show. Uh, shout out to Brandy Lauren and Shotzi Blackheart. Uh, they had a no disqualification match during that show, which was sick. Um, they had uh, Drew Gulak against Matt Riddle and Adam Cole against Akira Tozawa as the main event. Uh, yeah, they even had a uh, surprise appearance for Paul Heyman making his uh, first appearance uh, in the old ECW arena in nearly 20 years. So that was a pretty cool moment. If you guys haven't seen the Evolve show, go check it out. I totally recommend it. It's It was really – it was a fun show. It was my first time ever watching a Evolve show, let alone transcribing it. Uh, it was an interesting event. Shout out to Gabe Sapolsky. A lot of people talked about Evolve over the weekend, and it was cool for that – company that that type of platform to um um p- uh, pump out their merch their it, their dates for future events and this and that they had that during the show again i just thought it was really cool for evolve to have that type of platform if you haven't had a chance to watch the show i totally recommend it for people to check it out yeah i need to watch it that's it that's the one that got lost in the shuffle uh of the week that and a lot of sleep but um yeah here nor there all for good reasons um, I didn't, for me, um, the only thing that lo- got lost in the shelf for me was trying to figure out how many more matches in the G1 are left. <laughs> uh, I think there was like, I did, I did 45, uh, over the weekend and today was nice. That's so many matches, man. Yeah. Uh, t- today they had nine matches. So I'm up to, uh, 54. So, um, tomorrow, for the G1, they got John Moxley against my guy Ishii. Uh, when they announced the brackets and the the match lineups for this tournament, that was the main match I was looking forward to out of every single one they announced. Um, <laughs> I, I, I 
haven't been shy about it on air that Ishii's my favorite wrestler in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And to see him and John Moxley, they always say uh, styles make good fights, right? So mm-hmm. um, I'm very, very excited for this match. You got two guys who are at the top of the B block as far as points and standings are concerned. On the A block side, you got Okada and Kenta who have six points. Um, surprisingly, uh, my guy Jay White doesn't have a point in the tournament yet, but he is fighting Toriano tomorrow, so he probably has a good shot to get on the board soon. Um, again, I want to give a shout out to Will Osprey and Kota Bushi because they've been dealing with separate injuries going into their match this morning, and the fact they pulled off a nearly 30-minute match to main event the show was insane. And I got to say this, man. I, I've seen a lot of New Japan shows at different venues, but there's always something special about their shows they do at Cork and Hall. It's freaking awesome. The energy is awesome. Uh, Kevin Kelly and Rocky Romero, who've been the commentary team for this entire tour, have done a really good job. They've really helped me out as far as uh, transcribing and understanding the names of the moves and going through the sequences. Uh, it's just been a lot of fun. I'm learning a lot of different styles. Uh, different performers. Uh, it's 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 been a fun process covering the G one. This is my third year doing it. Uh, I feel like I got a good um, I got a good grasp of how these matches are going, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, even the guys that are in their own faction fought each other today. Adam, they had uh, Evil and Sonata from Lij fight each other today. They had like a twenty That's minute cool. match. Good. Uh, so. And the cool thing, how they purposes, I feel like you should always have at least some, one match like that, you know, because it just adds yeah. a little bit of intrigue to it, right? And you know, here, here's my thing. Um, one thing that I really liked about the G1 and how they go about the tournament every year, every single night, the five matches they have for that particular block, they're all different kinds of matches. Not just okay. Here's one opponent versus a different opponent. You have a slugfest type of match. You got a technical match. You'll have a high flying match, or you'll just have a guy. Uh, you have a back and forth match, like the one I mentioned earlier. Um, it, it's just cool. I really enjoy what they're doing so far for the G1. It's been very entertaining, and it. I won't be surprised during the weekend if people say that John Moxley and Ishii could have the New Japan match of the year so far. So, uh oh, uh oh, Meltzer, you tossing stars out. You tossing them stars out, huh? <laughs> I see you, Meltzer. God, don't get me started. I'm already tossing stars out. The match can't have it. No, I mean, listen, don't I don't get me started, up, dude. <laughs> uh, I'm messing with you. you know, dude, yeah. the match is going to be excellent, but um, it's mm-hmm. funny. I, I had to bust the balls there for a second. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> How did it be uh, busting the balls, huh? Yeah, sir. <laughs> um, yeah, so we got um, Extreme Rules that way. We talked about AW. We talked about uh, New Japan. Oh, I want to say this real quick before we get to Raw and SmackDown. Um, I want to send a shout out to Cole Cabana. Uh, I heard the news earlier today that he's um, moving on from uh, Art of Wrestling. Uh, his podcast is going away. He, uh, he's going to put some time in some other projects and other stuff that's going on in his life right now. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Cole, not only for him being a Chicago guy, but um, I, I listened to his podcast. His podcast was a real escape for me. Uh, when I was going through some rough periods uh, during my life during high school in uh, my first year of college at Columbia College in Chicago, uh, I want to give shout for our. Uh, I want to give shout to Cole because his show always 
found a way to make me laugh and just uh, learn different stories from different wrestlers. And I always enjoy this podcast. So um, I know uh, a lot of people give a lot of credit for other wrestlers for being the pioneers of uh, wrestling podcasts. But r- really, and honestly, it started with Colt. So I want to give yeah, a shout out to Colt. So. I absolutely would agree with that. And especially for all everybody that's made a name for themselves from hustling and getting their merch out there, Colt's been one of the driving forces behind pro wrestling tees. And um, uh, there's no way anybody can say that Colt left the mark uh, positively, at least from the independent uh, part of the professional wrestling business. So, Dude, like I always say, I never knock the hustle. And, and when somebody is, whether you love a talent, hate a talent, whatever, um, especially on the independent scene, if you're not underneath, you know, WWE's thumbnail where they, they guide you. Um, when you're out there and you're pushing merch, you're pushing this, you're pushing that, you know, I respect game, respect game. You know what I mean? Like I will always, always appreciate. And I, and that's why I don't really knock, um, or why I, we refrain from knocking talent on the, on here because I don't think people understand how hard it is to be an entrepreneur, uh, you know, uh, to be in business for yourself. So, um, and Colt does, I don't know if there's, I don't want to say there's very few people to do it better than Colt because that's, it's so overused, but, uh, Colt has always done such a good job of, of not only self-promotion, but taking opportunities when they were presented them to him. You know, I mean, he's yeah. always been able to make, and, and I, I absolutely agree with you when it's all said and done, we'll be able to look back and see the positive influence that he left on the wrestling industry, not only because of the podcasting side, hearing the stories, different things like that, but also being in the ring, helping other people, uh, teaching, developing, um, teaching people, just, you know, uh, helping people with, with personas, you know, whatever the case. So, um, I, I think there's a lot of guys that don't get the credit that they deserve and Colt's absolutely one of them and, and I'm not like a big I'm not like gonna be pretend to be like a big Colt mark by any means guys it's not like I'm you know um I feel like I'm on my knees right here but um, well, I don't know what I'm saying you know what I mean but at the same time it's um but you you know again you you got to respect the man's hustle um and he's done a, a hell of a job like you said man I, I mean pro wrestling tees uh was something he was really first incorporated with in a way you know not saying that they wouldn't have taken off anyway but it, it didn't hurt having Colt kind of around you know mm-hmm. and colt's still doing commentary he's still doing commentary for ring of honor so uh he's not retiring for the rest of his he's just uh moving out from his podcast so um because he's smart it, some stupid people do podcasts his <laughs> 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 um, show's been around for i think starting in 2010 right so nine years something like that jeez it's been a while right um, all right. Let's see what else I was going to mention. Uh, I've been waiting to say this, uh, this whole week. Um, we got to get to the point where they have like a network special where they have Corey Graves and Byron Saxon just debate each other. I, I, I need that in my life. I need to watch that. <laughs> it could be for 20 or 30 minutes. I don't care how long it is. I just want to see a debate with Corey Graves and Byron Saxon. I just need a good laugh out of that. It could be Grace just demolishing him the entire debate, which which will probably happen. I think Zach is <laughs> so underrated. Their they're, they're SmackDown commentary teams are really, really fun listen. Um, yeah. they, they really are. I, I like their the SmackDown. I mean, I, I like both announced teams. I'm not I'm not playing favorites one or the other, but um, the, the Saxton, well, it's, it's different chemistry on each show, so I guess it's, you know, I don't want to, I'm not going to say one's better than the other. Right. Great, because Graves is on both, so they're both equally as good. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, we're 
three and a half weeks away from SummerSlam. Uh, uh, SummerSlam is going to be earlier this year. It's going to be the weekend of August 11th. How do you feel about it being earlier like that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't like it. it, I don't like it. It, Because that always feels like that's the end of summer for me, right? It's like towards like the end of August. It's, you know, it's like whatever. Football's right around the corner. It's it's just not what it's whatever. We'll forget about it as soon as it's over with. But I'm just saying like, it just seems so early to have SummerSlam. Yeah, it is. I remember uh, the the last SummerSlam they had in Toronto, it was early too, right? That was the one Benoit lost the title to Randy Orton. Who? Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. I, I think I see. I had a weird acid trip in the in the two thousands that I was I was in Philly and it's weird. So I I had to have been on acid if I was in Philly. But I was in Philly and I was in an arena that they used to call the Fu Center, uh, but it was the first Union Center. It's called something else now. But but because it was still it's a real vivid like real vivid like acid like trip. But um. But I, I, it's just weird because I swear that I saw this man named Chris Benoit win a Royal Rumble. I thought that he did. Um, right. He looked like the smallest guy in the ring next to Rey Mysterio, who I think I dwarf, and that's a, a shame. But, um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah. But other than that, I, it's weird though because like I thought his name was Chris Benoit, but. I don't think it's the same Benoit you just spoke of. I think because it, again, it was, it was all weird. It was a weird just. It was. It was I was. You know, it was a big illusion. My 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 two. Yeah, my early two. Th- my early twenties was crazy, and it was. Uh, um, you know, I, I think I think Bray had me under hypnosis or something. Cause I just I know that night has been erased from history. So um, apparently, it didn't happen. You don't understand how hard. <laughs> Oh God! The one he uh, Matt dropped today was gold. Uh, his series, you don't know how hard it is to be Matt Hardy, is hilarious. That dude's. A I gotta get caught up on that too. <laughs> um, by the way, they do this like watch along thing through pay per views now, where they have Pat McAfee host it. This dude took a kendo stick shot in the back during the watch along. I don't know something like he want to be part of the boys or something like that. And like, here you go. Here's a kendo stick shot. Man. Man. Yeah, I didn't say well, Pat McAfee's a, a Pittsburgh boy, so like I said, I'll never speak of him on here. I know people have mixed feelings about him. The, th- the sad part is is I actually think he's a really funny dude. I just I never see any of what he does for WWE just cuz I you know whatever, I'm not watching a pre-show or I'm doing you know, just, I never catch his stuff. So I don't want to speak on something I'm you know that I don't really know anything about, but um he's a Pittsburgh dude, so I'm always going to uh, I'm always going to um give him props. I haven't seen mixed reviews from him, but I'm, I'm pro- I wouldn't be surprised if there were. I mean, there's mixed reviews for every goddamn thing of life these days. So, <laughs> are, are people typically digging his work? I don't see. I, I see more positive stuff for him than I see for Sam Roberts. So, good, okay, good, good, good. good. I was because I was concerned. I think uh, I think I, I just saw a couple people like. And and again, I'm rare. If it's cage, I, if it's cage side seats, I'm taking that with a grain of salt. Those guys are ridiculous. It might have been that because I only like if I click an article, it's just because Google Google's main page pushed it to me and said, "Here, you want to listen to this or you want to read this?" And it's like, no, I don't. Get away. Don't read my mind, damn it. I don't like. That. Yeah, I don't like that. As soon as I touch my phone, it's like, here's the articles that you requested, sir. No, I didn't. I just touched my goddamn phone. Right. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, I saw my first, the first person that came in the tattoo shop that got a double tattoo the same day 
this young guy, uh, I think he's he got two tattoos. Yeah, the same day. <laughs> it was five hundred and sixty bucks uh, in total. Uh, he got a neck tattoo and something on his shoulder too. This was during when SmackDown was going on, so I didn't get to watch SmackDown live. I just thought it was interesting, man. Like I'm like, dude, where you work at? <laughs> and he's like, he works at uh, he's like a, a, a secretary at some like uh, insurance law firm, something I love like that. It. Yeah, so we need more. Ta- I mean, not to know. We listen. Everyone's tattooed now, but I love when it's like a business professional because it breaks down so many stigmas of like people that have tattoos. Yeah, so that guy was pretty cool. His name was uh, Ricky, so shout out to Ricky. The guy was pretty cool. Rick, I'm, I'm sure Ricky's a wrestling fan. Yes. Ricky's listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's been subscribed for like yeah. four months. Oh, Rick, oh, Rick, don't you know Ricky from down the block? I know Ricky from down the block, man. <laughs> Ricky! <laughs> oh, man. So, Ron SmackDown. Yes, Ron SmackDown. Uh, we talked about The Fiend. Uh, that, that was the main thing a lot of people talk, uh, took away from Raw. Uh, I thought the stuff with Heyman uh, the beginning of the show with Brock was really good. Where, they're, thought- talk, with, where they're talking about, I told you so, and this and that. Don't boo me. You should be booing yourself for not paying attention. I thought that was really good, actually. Mm, I did, too. Um and I do again. I, I think it adds a lot of intrigue because we. Are, I think we all knew that we were going to get Rollins and Lesnar again at, at SummerSlam. Um, who knows what happens? Who knows what you know? But again, it's one of those where instead of going to a wrestling website and going, "Oh, this is definitely going to happen," I just like the fantasy book. Like, oh, these are the possibilities that can happen. And then whatever story they tell us, they tell us. And let's let's face it, Occam's Razor: the most obvious thing is that Brock Lesnar retains, and and when we move on, you know. Um, right. But I do like to think that you know maybe we jumped the gun last week when we thought, oh, Heyman does a turn, but it, maybe that's a SummerSlam moment, you know. Um, maybe that's a you know who knows. Now that they've addressed the fact that he kind of is, you know, quote unquote, like a part of the the creative side of things on on Raw. Um, right. Do you want your championship to be not on the show for months at a time? You know, that's something that that I think could come into a storyline. I don't know. Um, I could be very wrong about it. Again, Occam's Razor would tell us that Lesnar wins, Lesnar retains. That's how it always happens. Uh, and that's what triggers everybody because you know it's going to happen anyway. Um, and that's why I, the, there's few times that I go on Twitter, but when I do, it's typically to see everybody go ape shit, And it's funny because I get a lot of joy out of people overreacting to professional wrestling um, or sports entertainment or whatever. But um, yeah, man, I don't know. I, th- I, I thought it was cool. I thought it was a cool moment because again, like you said, there was a nice Philadelphia connection for Paul Heyman. I liked that Heyman had a promo mid, uh, I, I mean, I know we're on Raw SmackDown now, but I know I like the Heyman had a promo at extreme rules. And then his promo on top of that, um, on raw Monday night, um, Lee, it just uh, solidifies again, why he's one of the best ever to hold a microphone. He is the goat, at least from a personality standpoint. Um, they announced that they're having a Raw reunion special this Monday in Tampa Bay. Uh, they got a lot of people. I got the picture right here. I'm looking at it. It's a lot. For those who are watching the video version, I got the poster here. Uh, <laughs> they got the Stooges, uh, Pat and Gerald Briscoe. They haven't been on the show in a while, so it would be cool to see them. Uh, some good old school waterfall like uh, Eve Torres. Uh, Caitlin's going to be on the show. Uh, Melina, I saw that. Uh, Melina's actually going to be on there. Yeah, I saw that today. Oh. That's pretty cool. They even had Jill- 
They even had Jillian Hall on the poster, so she's good. I saw that, yeah. I saw her uh, name on one of the, like, commercials they had. Uh, Candace Michelle, another one. Really? Yeah. Uh, Godfather. <laughs> uh, they have Rod Simmons. I don't know if they'll do something with the Nation of Domination and New Day. I think that'd be pretty cool. It would be, but now that they're starting to push the envelope a little bit more, the Godfather's going to come out with hoes, right? He's He's got to come out with hoes. Yes. <laughs> he can pull double duty, I guess, but I, we'd be a little, let's face it, right now with how everything's, we'd be a little upset if he wasn't a godfather and he, he wasn't flanked on both sides by two women. Yeah. I remember there was a SmackDown. It was uh, the one where Teddy Long was having his wedding, right? And they have everybody there. They have Vince McMahon and, um, oh, fuck, what was his name? Oh, yeah, him and John Laurinaitis, front row. They have CM Punk in the suit in the background, just chilling. It's like 2006, 2007-ish era, right? Chris <laughs> Marshall, right? It wasn't, that's who it was? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, Everybody pops for the music, even before Godfather came out. It was just the music, and it's like, yep, here you go. <laughs> Godfather, man, uh, he, no matter how you feel about him as a wrestler or Papa Shango or his other characters, the guy had a connection with the audience, man. Always, yeah. No, he was. He always knew how to read a crowd and, and somehow get a reaction out of a crowd. And, again, love him or hate him, that's, that's, it's, it's all about the reaction. AJ was right. Uh, Christian will be on the show on Monday. Yes. Um, they got uh, Scott Hall and uh, Kevin Nash. I think all of DX will be there besides Billy Gunn, obviously. Uh, <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, and then, obviously, the big one everybody's talking about um, is Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, going to be on Robert Union. Yeah, um, he's got a show coming out. you got to promote, man. Um, straight up Steve Austin. We're, we're getting stereo stunners from uh, Austin and Kevin Owens. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, absolutely expect it. And it'd be great if it was on Vince and Shane at the same time. Either way, man, they're still going to get a pop out of that. And it's yeah. going to be pretty cool. I, I agree with what you were saying earlier about Kevin Owens and how he's been going uh, throughout the last couple weeks. Kevin Owens is my current favorite WWE superstar. I have a buy, I have a buy story up to a certain point, And what he's been doing recently has been awesome. He's getting pops like crazy these days. And it's kind of a little role reversal where you have the Kevin Owens that was kind of like Kevin Cena in Ring of Honor going against the bad guy, Shane McMahon, as opposed to their feud a couple of years ago where Owens was the bad guy and Shane was the good guy. So, um, we, Owens is more right now of an anti-hero than anything else, right? Because he's just, I guess, speaking, quote-unquote, the truth, and it's either you like – Ziggler, in a way, is doing the same thing. He's just getting the opposite crowd reaction. Well, it's very, uh, it's very similar to what Kevin Steen did with Jim Cornette during their thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. good point. Um, Shane McMahon uh, had a town hall meeting uh, where he elicited a lot of. Uh, he got himself some heat because every time anybody was calling him out for his stuff, uh, he would be like, <laughs> "Cut off the mic." <laughs> uh, I think he's trying to get like some old Eric Bischoff tendencies to him as, as he continues his bad guy run. I, I like Shane McMahon. I know some people are annoyed with the best of the world lingo this that, but the guy is getting a reaction out of the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're slowly seeing him develop into his father's character just a li- like because the Vince character didn't happen overnight. You know, people right. think that it was like an overnight thing and all of a sudden it just started with Austin. And it, 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 it was it didn't. You know what I mean? It really started a li- before the Montreal screw job. 
right. and then just kind of linger from that. So I, I think that's where we're kind we're getting right now. Um, and then I, I, I'll admit I'm one that is kind of like, maybe it is sometimes a little bit too much Shane McMahon, but at the same time, if they're, it, that's the reaction they want, you know, and I always say that I'm indifferent to it, but it doesn't matter. They got my, they already got my view or non view. Cause I use a DVR and I fast forward through most, you know, whatever, but I watch the promos and that's all they care about. And there we go. Right. Um, let's see what else stood out for the, uh, the shows this week. Um, let me get into this. Um, okay. So uh, let me ask this question real quick before you yeah. got that said, cause we had more CM Punk chance this week, right? Yes. And listen, they annoy the hell out of me. They, they do. And I'm, uh, no, this uh, has nothing to do with the CM Punk chance. What I'm going to get to is something more. No, uh, th- this is going to be my question now. Yeah, go ahead. Because there was a there was a, like a time where where the, the the chance went away. Yeah. Do you think that because they're doing this whole best in the world gimmick, it brought the chance back? That's what I mean. I, sometimes I think it's counterproductive because they want us to forget about CM. And, and guys, it's not. I'm not bringing his name up because I'm the, I'm the CM Punk mark. It's just that that has always been what's irritating oh. me about this aspect of it because you're bringing those fans that you that finally forgot about it. Like I always say, like it, uh, social media has not allowed us to grow. Right. Well, we all, we all got blipped. We're all like five years older, but stuck in the same year. Right. Well, um, it's been out for a couple of weeks now. So you guys know what I'm talking about. Hopefully it's not a spoiler. Um, and if it is, it's your fault for not seeing a movie, but I, that's just my thing, Josh. I feel like if anything else, it, it but because they're beating it down so hard, it now fans are kind of rejecting it back with CM Punk chance instead of booze. And, and to me, I would, I don't, I mean, it's heat is heat, but is that the heat? No, you if you're chanting CM Punk while Shane McMahon's talking, I have no problem with that. That's not where I'm getting with this. So, in a couple, I do because I just wanted to stop. <laughs> well, a couple of weeks ago, there was this narrative I heard on a podcast about supposedly uh, USA Network telling WWE to put a scale back to the women and how they've been used on television, right? So. Oh, really? Yeah, there's been this narrative that supposedly that uh, the executives don't want as much women wrestling on television these days, yada, yada, yada. I don't believe that because that's BS. And if that was the case, why did Becky Lynch and Lacey Evans been part of the last two pay-per-views to close out the show? So uh, the bigger point, I want to get into this because a lot of people have been asking, okay, you have Becky Lynch and Lacey Evans. Why aren't you using the other women on the show, right? So everybody wants the platform. Everybody wants women to have the equal opportunity, the equal uh, quality television time. Correct. So you have a fatal four-way match with stipulations, right? It's not a cold match. Right. This is something where whoever wins this match gets to fight Becky Lynch at SummerSlam. Right. You got Becky at ringside. This was a thing that was highly promoted during the show. It was going to be one of the biggest parts of the show. And you're chanting... This is awful. I've, I've seen bad wrestling matches that warrant that chant. This one did it. No, I agree with that. Um, you have Naomi that everybody says is underrated. And they want to see her and push and give more opportunities, right? You got Natalia, who's always been a consistent wrestler. Alexa Bliss, who's a spot picker. She played her role perfectly in that match. It was a four-way elimination match. Opportunity. And you got Carmella, who's a crowd favorite. So... Tell me, Long Island Nimrods, what warrant that match to be this is awful? 
So you are the same people that go on your soapbox and tweet all these pundits saying that you want these women to have uh, opportunities to have fatal four-way matches and longer matches on Raw and SmackDown. You're going to be in your senior hands and change. This is awful because they had a 20 or 25 minute four way match with stipulations that was determined one of the bigger matches on SummerSlam. Oh, I thought they were chanting this is awful because that was the moment in the pay per view everybody realized they were in Long Island. No, the, I thought oh, it, was it was at the match. I thought it was the fact that they were in Long Island. I'm sorry. I see. Yeah. I totally misread that chant. <laughs> I, I don't understand. I don't get it, guys. I really don't. It, and then it goes back to what I mentioned before, talking out of both sides of your ass. Once say you want these women to have longer matches, just like they do with the men. Like, I remember, like, Almas, Arthur, uh, Mysterio, and Joe had a four-way match, which was awesome. They had a lot of TV time, right? They're doing the same here with the women with a stipulation and, oh, this is awful. Uh, Lily gets to the point where Alexa Bliss is talking about it on Twitter of how the crowd pissed her off during that match. Like, again, I don't, I don't get no, it. I, no, 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 dude, I, I get it. I get it. Because there, there's there's absolutely matches that, like you said, that would warrant it. And, and uh, probably on every WWE pay-per-view there is one. Um, that wasn't one. And, again, it's... I also agree with, you know, for how much we've progressed the women's division and, and, and where, and I don't want to say we, I mean, obviously it's the women that are in that, in that locker room that have done it. Yeah. Um, but the, the fan support obviously is what gets them to that level as well. Um, I, I think that we don't want to go back to where we were like for the past two or three years in my, in, you know, in my opinion, the women's division has have had the the more exciting storylines. They've had better matches. They've had had better big time matches. Yes, you could cherry pick a match here, or there, or whatever. Everyone's going to go into NXT and say, "Oh, what about this match on NXT?" I'm talking about Raw SmackDown. Those pay per views. Um, it, it's it's really been the buzz has been around the women's division, and I don't know if there's maybe I, I don't I don't believe that the network would tell them to tone it down. I don't believe that you know. Um, Maybe there's maybe there's they're figuring some things out right now, you know, because they they are in a way kind of doing a reboot because nobody knows what's going on with Ronda Rousey. Ruby's still on the shelf, um, you know. There's there's some things that maybe need to work themselves out. What's going on with Sasha? What's you know? I mean, there's I guess there's a lot going on that way. I don't know, but I I, I agree with you, man. I think that, that there's a, there's a time and a place, and I just I don't. I never, I, I'm never big on the chant. The, this is awful chance because the men and women are busting their ass in the ring. You know, now if it's a skit and it, it isn't working, I'm absolutely go for it because then yeah. that way they know. Listen, don't do this again. Don't have Drake Maverick piss himself ever again, right. ever again. You know what I mean? So like <laughs> that should have got a this is awful chant. Yeah. But instead, people sat there with their mouths open, like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, that should have been the this is awful moment. And how many times have we said it before? Silence is has more power than meaningless chants and playing right. uh, playing volleyball with beach balls. Right. Um, and, again, if your excuse is, oh, this warrants a this is awful chant because all four women in the ring have been booked horribly – Get over yourself. I mean, really, that's where you're going to go to? Oh, they've been booked horribly. Um, last I checked, I think Carmella gets a lot of television time on both shows every single week. Uh, Alexa Bliss has been having title shots for the last two pay-per-views. 
You wanted Naomi to get title shots, and Natalia's there. Maybe Natalia wouldn't be in the match if Ruby Wright wasn't injured. Well, and again, it's it's a never-ending story. We don't know what point in in these all in these stories that we are. We don't know what chapter we're at. Like again, we're all we're always trying to get to the to, to the final page of the book before we even like read the rest of the story. Right. Um, and and I think because a lot of the storylines that are going on right now are going to extend to a SummerSlam, if not even past that. You know, right. uh, I think especially a lot of the women's uh, the women's feuds, if they end up doing what pay per views in October. I look. I looked it up last night with someone, and we couldn't figure it out. It, it says to be determined. Is it going to be Evolution? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It better be. I need to find out the date they're actually doing that pay per view because originally they said it was going to be Clash of Champions the same night, the same day we're watching the Bears Raiders game, right? Correct. And and then they changed it to having Clash of Champions in September in North Carolina, of all places. Go right. figure, right? Jeez. Yeah, it's Charlotte, too, yeah. Um, so I, um, I'm just I'm hoping the October pay-per-view is on uh, the 27th because it's my birthday, and I'm just being selfish about it. So <laughs> That is a good birthday gift, man. <laughs> awesome. And I do hope that it is because there's a Saudi Arabia pay-per-view or event, whatever we call them now, super shows, whatever. Um, kiss ass to, to, to a leader over there. Um, um, yeah. So with that show probably being an all-male show, it would only make sense for the, that October to be determined to be evolution. And so I don't think that um, – Anybody, again, sometimes you just have to tell different, just like when you're watching Walking Dead, sometimes certain characters have to be in the forefront for a little bit, even if it's in one season, even if you don't like the character, just because they're, you know, they've kind of lingered for a little while. It's, we forget how long these stories are. Like these, you know, they, 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 they have plans for these characters sometimes right. in advance. And it's just something they got to figure out how to get from point A to point B with all the little sub, you know, sub stops in between. Was there anything else from Raw or SmackDown that he wanted to talk about? Um, I, I did like the opening thing uh, with Shane. I thought it was cool. I thought the back and forth was cool a lot. I liked Buddy Murphy actually getting some uh, getting some mic time. Um, I do like that they are starting to form some sort of like it's pro Shane Mc, and it doesn't feel that way yet because it's just Kevin Owens. But yeah. there's almost you can almost feel like there being a, and I hate to keep using Marvel references, like a Civil War coming or like some sort of like Infinity War, you know, coming. Mm-hmm. I kept thought it was, I kept thinking it was going to be between the two brands. It might just be against Shane McMahon and his um, army of of mm-hmm. monsters that he's you know built on both brands. So, and that's where you could get a Triple H tie-in down the road. Well, also, I think that's what makes it fun because we don't know what they're doing with it. So instead of jumping to conclusions and being like, well, it's going to suck anyway, we, we have no idea what they're going to do. I never thought Kevin Owens was all of a sudden going to be the guy to come in, arrive, stun, raise hell, leave. You know what I mean? I, we never probably thought we would see that. So who knows where they're going with these stories? And I think that's why I don't uh, – the quick criticisms, like you always say, Josh, it's it's – it's a, sometimes it's just a little premature. That's all. I, I think you guys shoot a little early, if you know what I mean. Last thing I want to give a shout out real quick. Two hundred five live. Uh, Drake Maverick and Mike Kanellis had a really good in ring talking summit that I recommend people to go check out. Uh, this was the first time we get to see Mike have a real like heated conversation, as opposed to him being talked down to by his wife, which I don't have a problem with. I actually like what they've been doing so far with them. And also, shout out to Chad Gable and Jack Gall- uh, Jack Gallagher. That match was awesome, man. 
Chad Gable looks like everybody's elementary school gym teacher right now. Yes, he does. <laughs> it's it's so weird. I used to complain about his hair, saying it looked like that '90s like porn star, like whatever. I'll please gladly put that back. Put a, put a wig on him or something. It just looks <laughs> looks like the dude. And there's something about Mary that's like trying to find Mary, and he pretends to be on crutches. And at the end, he's not really on crutches. He was like the pizza right. guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm always constantly burying Chad Gable, and I love the dude. <laughs> and I'm all, I don't know why. I'm, I look like a little troll, and I'm burying some other dude. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> um, my thing, and it's I want to mention tomorrow, Lion King, live action. I've been waiting for this since they announced the movie three years ago. Um, it's my all time favorite movie. I'm not ashamed to admit that. People can say whatever they want. I don't give a rat's ass. It, it's my all time favorite movie. It was my favorite movie as a kid. Um, I haven't looked into reviews because, honestly, just like the dirt sheets, I don't need Rotten Tomatoes to tell me how to feel about a movie going into it. Right. I, 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 don't, I don't need that. <laughs> that. So I'm very excited for this. Um, I, I already saw a lot. There's been a lot of commercials for it. Obviously, liking as a big marketing brand. I mean, they've had a a play. They've had sequels to this movie brand. Uh, so of course there's gonna be a lot of distribution and money that comes out of this live action, uh, Lion King movie. I saw the one John Favreau did for the jungle book and I enjoyed that version more than the cartoon one. Uh, so we'll see, man. I- I'm very excited to see how this goes. Um, I'm very excited for the movie. Very, um, dropped the soundtrack on Spotify, which you can go listen to right now. It, it, it's I'm, I'm very excited for this. So <laughs> that's the only thing entertainment-wise I wanted to mention because my head has been so fried with all this wrestling that's going on this week. Well, I, I want something outside of wrestling that I wanted to mention. Well, good, sir. Then you obviously forgot about the trailer I, I forced you to watch before we went live on the air for uh, the <laughs> Jane Fallon Bob reboot. Because if you have not seen that trailer yet, you need to go do so, and I, I command you to do it. Um and I, 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 so somebody, I, and it's funny because somebody kind of spoiled one of the characters in it for me. And I'm not going to do that for anybody. Nobody go to the IMDb. Just watch the trailer. Don't dig in to see who's on this movie. It right. looks like there's a million different characters in this movie, like yeah. like actors <laughs> in this movie. It, it's it's going to be hysterical. But um, for us as wrestling fans, I feel like there's a special surprise in there too. Um, and and I, I guess I'll leave it at that. But uh, dude, I'm. It, I I know there's some Jay and Silent Bob fans listening to this. Um, if you're a pro wrestling fan, typically it's going to tie. You're you're going to have that sense of humor. <laughs> you either are going to love them or hate them. So the the half of you that hate them, I'm sorry, you're wrong. Mallrats is still the greatest movie of all time. I feel like Kanye right now. I'm gonna let you finish. But Mallrats is still the greatest movie uh, ever made. Um, no, but it's I I, I I dude I'm I'm fanboying out for another Kevin Smith movie, and again I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, but uh, I think it's going to be a good glimpse of um, you know listen Jan Silent Bob Strike Back was really a peek into the future. Anyway, it was a warning, and we didn't listen, and you know we became the monsters that they were portraying online, you know, and it's just because it was fun to do. So I'm, I'm interested <laughs> to see what the uh, like the underlying like uh, you know I guess moral message would be if there is one. And I love the fact that he keeps utilizing his daughter in movies, uh, Harley Quinn Smith. I think that's the coolest, coolest, coolest shit. Um, it's really cool to see like you know uh, like. Just, just being able to kind of carry on a family legacy like that too. So, and and her being able to do it the way she, you know, like play fun characters and stuff too. Um, and I'm down with seeing some Brody Bruce any day of the week. 
Yes, sir. You you have the Brody Bruce uh, blazer, don't you? I, I saw that in the trailer while I was watching it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I kind of yeah. I, I, this, I, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I, I know I play like the Joker and the villain and, and all that kind of, like, you know, the Steel City Savior, all that Steel City Scapegoat, all that kind of stuff. But um, I'm probably more of like a real life. If you mix Dexter Morgan with Brody Bruce and like, I don't know how you would take the best <laughs> part or the, or the fight. That, that's kind of probably who I am. <laughs> all right. Um, one last thing I wanted to mention. I saw an interview on um, E! Uh, they had uh, the cast of American Pie celebrating their 20th anniversary of the movie coming out, which is is crazy because I actually watched that movie when it came out. <laughs> I was in college when that came out. <laughs> I was five years old when it came oh out. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, sixth gray hair just popped out. Sixth grade right there. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm all for the bad guys. I, I don't know. Some people are hit and miss when it comes to American Pie. I actually like the I actually like the movie. The second one was I'm I, I won't no I'm, I'm I'm again I don't like to tear stuff down on here so whatever I'll just say I I prefer to skip over the second one. Right. And the first one was awesome. The third one, you know, I, I just it's almost like the Hangover movies. I think sometimes with trilogies you go to the same joke too many times, go to the well too many times. It's kind of right. you know, their the trilogies are either done really good or. It, it, it feels like the same movie over and over again. And, and I don't, uh, I'm, I'm kind of not down that creative path. I want something new, fresh, you know, super true. Uh, in all fairness, like super troopers too, didn't really, I did. I liked it, but it didn't, I, it's still for me, it kind of felt like a lot of recycled stuff, you know? So, uh, speaking of recycle NXT announced that they're having another two out of three falls match with Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole at uh, over Toronto. Love it. Uh, uh, they have a new uh, thing where they're adding to this. So it's basically a three stages of hell, but they're not saying it. Gotcha. So, so Johnny and Adam could pick their own stipulations for the first two falls. If it goes to a third one, William Regal said that he'll be making the stipulation for the third and final one. So uh, that was a big match they announced yesterday. So. I think right. I didn't see that in a push notification. Again, Google, I don't like that you're reading my mind. Um, but it's probably because I use way too many Adam Cole gifts. Um, <laughs> way too many. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, really quick, um, shout out to everybody who's um, working, you know, having a good time, uh, living the good life, uh, trying to make it past these dark days of people having uh, no sense of uh, self-awareness. Um, or sense of humor. Or, yes, yeah, sense of humor, especially. Um, this shout out to the people who've uh, enjoyed and supported our work over years. You guys are awesome. You guys know who you are already. Um, we appreciate the support. Uh, make sure, uh, if you haven't had a chance to watch any of the G1 shows, please check out my website, ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. Uh, I have a reference sheet so you guys can catch up with the standings, who's up in the leaderboards and this and that. And I have all the articles from the shows they've been doing so far. So go check it out. Uh, and also, finally, when it comes to this show, make sure to subscribe to the channel uh, Subscribe to the channel here on YouTube as we're recording this live. Uh, if you want the podcast uh, version where I add the music and the extra promos and stuff, you can check that out on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher as well. 
Uh, shout out to you guys who've been uh, checking out the podcast. The feedback and the numbers have been awesome. So shout out for you guys being you. And um, by the oh, way, listen, I got one more thing. Sure, I got one more thing. Uh, one more entertainment thing that I'm slipping in here because I know you're signing off. And I was going to interrupt the sign off just to be just to be the heel that I like to be on the show. But no, I was going to do that this week. <laughs> but listen, real quick, everybody that's a comic book fan out there uh, or, or whatever, San Diego, San Diego Comic Cons this weekend, they're going to have a lot of announcements, a lot of big things. You guys know that I'm always going to push Joker stuff on you. So listen, here you go. Here's what's slated coming out like within, I think, the next year. Obviously, the Joker movie, uh, we, we know that. Um, and then in comic form, we got Batman, Curse of the White Knight, Joker, Harley Quinn, Criminal Insanity, Joker, Killer Smile, Three Jokers, which is going to be fantastic when they finally put that out. And then there's one called The Joker, Year of the Villain. And I want to point out that John Carpenter is writing this uh, this graphic novel. Interesting. I am so excited. I, maybe, I mean, I'm Three Jokers right now is like, I'm, I'm like itching for it. Um, but knowing John Carpenter's writing a Joker story is, and, and, and with it being called year of the villain, I mean, come on guys, is it, is is life getting any better? It's strange that, you know, um, once you get a monkey off your back, it's amazing, dude, how the world, like even CM Punk teased for Starcast, and that's not a, that's not a, anything like I'm champ, but come on guy, or he's going to be at Starcast. Things are good. Things are happening. The Raiders are are looking kind of strong right now. Did you notice all the Joker stories I just wrote, you know, listed off for you? Yes. All of the Joker stories, mm-hmm. all of them, brother. All of them. There we all go. Yes, sir. I, I saw the video earlier. Drake Maverick um, was at uh, Comic Con in San Diego looking for our truth. So, <laughs> by the way, oh, that's brilliant for them to be out there. Yeah, that is actually <laughs> good. 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 They had this funny thing on Robert. They're like, Archer um, got the title back for Drake, and he's like, I hope you don't get constipated. Uh, he told his wife, I hope you guys get constipated. <laughs> Listen, one of the best things, one of the best, like, little little snippets they do, and then we'll get back to the, to the signature sign-off here. Yeah. Um, Woods, Xavier Woods, Alistair Black, and Zelina Vega, the things that they do, like, on, on Instagram, their little Instagram videos where right. Alistair Black, it, it's, it's, it's great. It's absolutely great. And again, it's one of those where I love that if WWE could do more with a social media platform to, you know, Josh, like we spoke earlier, to keep that generation or that there a certain age demographic in like AEW kind of is, is doing, it's stuff like that that's going to work because it's funny. It's offbeat. It's not serious. It doesn't really right. tie in with the storylines. It's breaking the fourth wall a little bit. We need more of that. We yeah. need because it is hysterical. And Xavier Woods is in it. So no matter what he does, it's going to be hysterical. So. Right. <laughs> I want Woods to say, I want to pick a shirt with Selena. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, shout out to AJ again for joining us uh, at the beginning of the show. She did a great job as always. Shout out to you, brother. Thank you, good sir. Thank you. And listen, everyone out there listening, thank you so much. I know, and I'm going to say my part. There's a million, million, million things you could be doing uh, in, this, in this crazy little thing called uh, life. And we appreciate the fact that out of Everything out there, you spend a little bit of time with us, whether it's to laugh at us, laugh with us. Uh, we just appreciate the fact that we, we have the audience that we do. So thank you. Uh, really quick, everybody. So always remember, be the authentic product that is yourself. Make sure to follow Adam on Instagram at AdamDaily13. Also, go check out my music page. I've been doing some guitar covers. And, um, <laughs> again, these suckers are going to fall off before I'm 30 years old. I'm already accepting that fact. So <laughs> turn 40 in three months, man. You have no idea yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
For AJ and the Cloud Prince, I'm Joshy. Thank you guys so much for checking out episode 164 of the Hoots Podcast. Have a wonderful week, everybody, and we'll talk to you all later. Peace.